Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. From KMOX Sports. Okay, boys, here we go. Welcome to the Great Bar Sports Open Line. Those bit swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Great Bar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Here we go. Now. Matt Pauley on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. All right, man, let's get going here. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Let's go. A good Tuesday evening to you. Welcome in to another Graybar Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley. Back in KMOX's Studio B for the first time in about a week or so. We were uh, we were in Nashville through uh, more than a week. It's been about a week and a half. Uh, we were in Nashville through uh, last week and then had a couple days off, and now we're back at it here on a Gray Bar uh, Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. We've got a lot to get to today. First off, if you want to join us at any time during the program, you can do so by calling or texting 314-436-7900. That's 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can also tweet into the program if you'd like at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Scott Miller is going to join us in about 10 minutes, a long-time baseball journalist, uh, does work with MLB Network Radio in addition to uh, contributing to the New York Times. So he is going to be with us in just a little while later on in the hour. We'll check in with uh, Blair Kirkhoff, sports writer for the Kansas City Star. Uh, we'll certainly go into the uh, the Patrick Mahomes reaction. We heard a little bit from Mahomes uh, yesterday during this program. Tom Ackerman was in for me and uh, replayed our uh, weekly conversation that we get with uh, Patrick Mahomes, courtesy of our sister station in Kansas City, 610 Sports. Um, it was, uh, it's interesting what, uh, that, that he's, you know, he reacted in the moment. He has realized that maybe the way he reacted was not the best way to react. And he is apologizing for that. I think that's, we should all be good enough to, uh, allow people to apologize when they do things that they would later wish that they would not have done. Uh, we'll talk blues hockey. I'm sure a fair amount of people listening to this program right now are on the road driving uh, downtown as they get ready for the blues and the red wings tonight at uh, six 30. Sounds like the roadways are especially 40 are uh, pretty jam packed. We can always look out our camo X uh, window and know when there is activity going on at the enterprise center based upon the number of people walking around and the cars that are being parked and so on and so forth. And, Indeed, uh, the Blues are playing tonight, so they'll get going here in about uh, 20 minutes. They are going to do so without Jacob Verana. He is, it's been a really weird couple days for him. He's not putting together a very good season. He uh, was going to be placed on waivers, and then he wasn't placed on waivers, and then he was placed on waivers. And now the question is whether or not he's going to end up uh, getting claimed off waivers by another team. He's just not... Uh, 
he's just not playing well this season. And he's got some some off-ice type issues that have followed him throughout his career. Don't know how much of that is uh, going on right now compared to anything else, whether it is just uh, related to his uh, performance on the ice. But it's been it's been an odd situation where his representation was told that he was getting you know getting placed on waivers and he wasn't again he eventually was obviously they wanted to try to work out a deal for him and uh, that seemingly uh, was not able to happen so uh, the bottom line is he's not going to be playing any more games for the blues moving forward his locker was already cleaned out at the enterprise center uh, he was not part of morning skate earlier today so the blues are they're making some changes to the roster some smaller changes they're not playing especially good hockey right now. And this is something that we've talked about essentially all season long, how the results from the team have been good enough. And that was probably true a week plus ago. They've lost three in a row and four of their last five. That's taken their record below 500 to 13, 13 and one. But prior to say this last five game stretch, it was the record was fine. They were in a playoff spot you couldn't complain too much about what was going on. Yet, when you watch them play, it was easy to find things that you didn't like. The power play being one of them. Uh, the way they lost games. Uh, the fact that they would lose so many games in, in somewhat spectacular fashion. All those things happening. And it just it made it feel like they, they weren't as good as their record would indicate that they would be. Now their record with what they've done in these last five games, losing four or five, their record probably is more representative of of who they are. But they got to figure things out and get the. I feel like we're kind of at a at a crossroads moment of the season for the Blues. They've they've made a couple roster moves here. Uh, they haven't been playing especially good hockey. Where do you go from here? That's a big question. So uh, we'll get more into the Blues coming up uh, later on as well. As always, if you would like to uh, join us, you can uh, do so. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. Uh, Shohei Otani signing uh, his deal, 10 years, $700 million. The vast majority of that contract being deferred, where he is going to get paid that money basically after the contract is up. It begs the question, uh, did did the Dodgers do something that more teams should do in terms of uh, deferring money? Cardinals have deferred a lot of money on contracts. That is something, I don't know if it's so much something that they've done recently, but it's something that uh, previously they, they've done. There's always been uh, deferrals as part of Cardinals contracts, at least it felt that way. Uh, but that much money being deferred and Otani doing that as a way to allow the Dodgers to make more moves, to have more financial flexibility, you know, the, the Dodgers are going to make a legit run at Yamamoto. If if the Dodgers end up with Otani and Yamamoto, you look over there and you say that's a that's a team in the National League that is set up to win multiple World Series over the foreseeable future. That being said, the Dodgers have been spending as much, if not more money, than anybody in the National League for a long time. And they've got one World Series in recent history to speak of it, and that was in the COVID year. So it just, that's not to say that you shouldn't spend money. I think teams should spend money. I appreciate teams that spend money. And the thing I like about the Dodgers is not only do they spend money, they spend it in a smart way. 
but it also goes to show you how much of a crapshoot the playoffs can be where it's not always the best team that does end up winning and the Dodgers who have been the best team at times and haven't won it just it it goes to show you how how tough it is to build a a some type of dynasty or a multiple time world series champ that's what makes what Houston has done so incredibly impressive um, outside of the cheating aspect of it, uh, but just the, their ability to win at a pretty high level pretty consistently recently. I, I think when you really take a step back and look at Major League Baseball and look at how many teams tend to get into the postseason and how, how tough it is to win the World Series, it makes it that much more impressive. So we'll talk with uh, Scott Miller coming up in just a moment or so. It's a Gray Bar Sports Open Line here on a Tuesday night. My name is Matt Pauley. We're back with more in a moment on KMOX. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. I'm Miles Michaelis, and you're listening to Sports Open Line on KMOX. Great our sports open line rolling on right here on KMOX. Appreciate having you with us. We also appreciate the fact that we're able to go to the Quiver River Electric guest line right now. And uh, we welcome a guy that you now read at The Messenger. If you're not familiar with The Messenger, they're putting together just a fantastic sports team. And uh, this guy is part of that team. He is uh, Scott Miller, longtime uh, baseball journalist. You follow him on Twitter at Scott Miller BBL. Scott, always appreciate you taking some time with us today. How are you? We're good, Matt. How are you tonight? Doing all right. Uh, wanted to start with something that you actually started. Uh, you, you wrote about Shohei Otani, and you opened up your piece talking about everything that went down from a reporting standpoint on where he was going to sign because it had been reported that he was going to sign with Toronto, and that ended up being erroneous reporting. And we're in this world right now where getting it first seems to have uh, trumped getting it right. And that's not just baseball, that's football, that's basketball, that's every sport. You've been around this game and you've been around journalism at a high level for a really, really long time. How do you view where we've gone with this, uh, with kind of the, the news breakers uh, trying to just 
get it done first and not always being right? Uh, it, it, it's 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 embarrassing for the profession. It's horrible for the profession. I mean, it's it's disgusting. It's I mean, we're as age where across the board, the general public trusts the media less than ever, and we keep giving them reasons to for those approval ratings to decline, so to speak. I, I mean, Twitter, whatever you want to call it now, X is that that became one of the worst things ever for for uh, journalism because so many people uh, in my profession now they feel like, well, my standards don't have to be quite so high if if I just throw something out on Twitter as it is if I write a story in the newspaper or on a on a website. And it's, I mean, what happened last Friday? The 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 where oh. There's a private plane from Santa Ana Airport to Toronto, uh, and Otani's on it, and he's going to visit Toronto. And it turned out it was totally false. I mean, people, it's guesswork now, and it's it, it shouldn't be. I mean, these people that that throw this stuff out there on Twitter, they're dragging journalism through the mud like one tweet at a time, mm-hmm. and. I don't care if it's Twitter or if it's the New York Times or if it's the St. Louis Post-Dispatch or what. If you're a professional reporter and you're going to present a fact, a purported fact to the public, again, Twitter, newspaper, wherever, it has to be verified and double-checked. And I mean, we look, we all get things wrong. I've gotten things wrong too, but you know, it's one thing to make a minor mistake, you, you know, in a story, you, you, you forget somebody's name or whatever. That's embarrassing enough. But I mean, we're talking like the entire baseball world on Friday was following this airplane to <laughs> Toronto and, you know, and then, you know, some of my colleagues on MLB network television and MLB network radio, because this was all fodder for, conversation during the day you know i listened to that and they're all following this flight from toronto and and then when it all turned out to be wrong there wasn't there should have also been some outrage as well but yet a lot of people like mlb network the television people the radio people they all looked at it as just part of this whole crazy otani thing and it got us through the day and boy we had a lot to talk about and that angers me too because Mm -hmm. There should have been outrage. It should not be, wow, that was a crazy day or that was an entertaining day. It should have been, that's a horrific day for the journalism profession. I didn't mean to go this deep with you, but I have one more thing on this before we move on. You've, you've got sources, and the way this works is, especially for a lot of these baseball insiders, your sources generally either come from a team standpoint or maybe from a player representation standpoint, and sometimes these relationships can be very transactional where you're given information yeah. and, and there's an expectation at times that you need to, to put a story out there if you want to continue to keep this pipeline going. That's sort of the world we live in, but that can also be very dangerous at times. Oh, no doubt, because, you know, I mean, certain writers are – it, we all know it in the business, and a lot of you don't even have to be in the business. A lot of people, I think, that are true baseball fans that follow this stuff. They've come to realize it over time too, where certain writers are going to break stories that involve certain agents' clients. Right. 
And, you know, I mean, there's, there's some relationships out there. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours kind of thing. And you're right. Transactional is a very good word for it. And, you know, that's all changed. We all live, we all live with our sources to a degree because there's certain times when the team just doesn't want you to find anything out. They're secretive. Our job's to find things out. But, you know, you, you better do one of a couple things. You, you better have an airtight lockdown source or two or three to where you're not going to get embarrassed and just be throwing wrong information out there. Or, you know, you better have multiple sources where you verify it. That's the other thing. So, many, so much of this today is, you know, a writer or media person will hear something from an agent and they'll immediately go on to it with Twitter. And, you know, in a perfect world, you ought to have at least two or three sources verifying something because if you only have one, um, what's the person, your know, source who gave it to you? What's his agenda or her agenda? And that's where things can get very messy sometimes. And I know you said you didn't mean to go that deep with this. I mean, obviously you could tell you hit a hot button. I'm glad you asked about it. I'm glad we talk, we're talking about it. The other thing I'll say is where it also, our, our profession is not exactly covered in glory. So many young journalists coming up in the age of Twitter, I can't tell you how many 20-somethings I've talked to, both to give professional advice or they're, they're in their first jobs, and I'm just conversing with them. So many have looked at the Twitter world, and they think that's baseball writing, and that's journalism. And, you know, you, you have a bunch of these, you know, 23-year-olds that think if I can break some things on Twitter, then that's my entree into the profession, and that's like what being a baseball writer is. And and that's a sad thing, too, because that that's not even close to what this profession is. No, I uh, I 100% agree with what we we could probably talk for an hour on this and, and it would be a good conversation. Uh, maybe we'll pick it up at uh, at another time. Before we let you go, though, certainly want to get your thoughts on this Otani contract. Obviously, he goes to the Dodgers, but uh, the to me the biggest part of this is the fact that the contract has been structured in a way where the Dodgers still have tons of financial flexibility. Oh my gosh! I mean, yeah, he's only. Everybody saw a seven hundred million dollar deal over ten years, and and that's eye popping. But then you come to find out he's only going to be paid two million dollars a year, and the rest of it's all deferred. It's an incredible amount that's deferred. So there, there, there are a couple things I think at work here, Matt. Uh, number one, like you said, this leaves the Dodgers in on the Japanese free agent pitcher Yamamoto that that a lot of people want right now. If they don't get him, they could go get Blake Snell, the National League Cy Young winner. They could get closer Josh Hader. Um, they've got a lot of money to work with, and, and they've got a lot of room because Otani deferred so much money, a lot of room before they are hit with any luxury tax. Um, so the Dodgers are in really good shape. Uh, the second thing at work, I mean, you, Otani's been one of a kind from the beginning, but one thing I really have been impressed with is remember a few years ago when one of the few things he said publicly that stuck at the end of that year in Anaheim when he said, look, I want to win. That's what I want to do. 
I mean, he put his money where his mouth was with that statement, going to the Dodgers, deferring like ungodly amounts of money for later so that his team could and himself could win. And with Otani, it's not just about the money. And this is just the latest example because you go back, Matt, when he left Japan to become a free agent after the 2017 season, signed with the Angels in 2018, um, he hadn't had enough years in Japan yet to where he – he didn't qualify as a true free agent. So when he signed that winner, his earnings were limited because he qualified like he was almost arbitration level. So he only got, he left 200 million or more on the table. Had he stayed in Japan two more years, become a true free agent back then he could have earned like another 200 million, Hmm. but he didn't. His thought was, I'm ready to go test the major leagues. Now I want to do this. It's not about the money. It's about being a trailblazer and a pioneer. And so when he signed in 2018, he left 200-some million on the table. And now here we are a few years later. He gets it back with the 700 million, but he's deferring all but 2 million a year. It's, I mean, really impressive that this guy is all about baseball and all about winning and not about, I need the last dollar. I just want you to plug the messenger, if you will, because I've been a fan of what you guys have been doing. We have Mike Tanier on the show. He writes there now. Obviously, Seth Davis is a big name in college basketball. He's there. I don't know if uh, a lot of people are familiar with the content being put out there uh, at themessenger.com, but uh, the the team of sports writers that's been put together, pretty darn good. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that, Matt. Yeah, it's, it's been fun. I just, uh, you know, I started with them um, in, in uh, late September. And, yeah, it's it's a startup from last, I want to say June, but they just opened their sports. Sports was one of their last departments to go. And, and that just started, I think, right around the time the football season starts, like early September maybe was there, is when they launched sports. So we haven't been around that long, and I appreciate you including me in those names. I, I was really impressed with some of the names, as you are, that, that they've got right from, from Seth Davis to Mike Tanier and beyond. Uh, Jeff Goodman, I think, is another college college basketball writer that's 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 on staff. Um, so it's been a lot of fun. It's been, uh, you know, it's 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 been. I think they put they're putting a really good product together, and uh, yeah, I appreciate you helping to get the word out because I I think it's it's quality journalism and and some quality journalists uh, doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Well, Scott, we always appreciate uh, our time. I'm sure we'll uh, we'll see you come around spring training time. But uh, thank you so much, as always, and we'll talk again real soon. All right. My pleasure. Take care. And uh, if we don't talk for it, have a Merry Christmas to you and everybody in St. Louis. Enjoy the holidays. Awesome. Thank you. Same to you as well. That's Scott Miller, the great Scott Miller, longtime uh, baseball writer. And uh, the things he says – There's a lot of truth behind them, especially when it comes to uh, where we're at uh, in journalism becoming really a news-breaking industry and just getting it first is uh, sometimes more important than getting it right. Uh, We're going to talk with another really good journalist, Blair Kirkhoff, longtime sports writer from the Kansas City Star. We'll talk with him in just a moment or so as we roll on with a Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX. It's the Graybar Sports Open Line. Goes mid swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. 
A great bar sports open line rolls on right here on KMOX, a Tuesday night edition. We're about to go back to the Quiver River Electric Guest Line, talk with one of our uh, favorite people to talk about things going on over on the uh, western side of the state of Missouri in Kansas City. It's uh, Blair Kirkhoff, covers uh, all things Kansas City sports uh, in Kansas City for the Kansas City Star, and he joins us right now. Blair, appreciate you taking some time. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Were you surprised at all? Just you've covered Patrick Mahomes. You've watched Patrick Mahomes for a long time. Were you surprised at all by by the reaction and everything that really, starting with that handshake uh, with uh, with Josh Allen at the end of the game, into the post game uh, comments and, and interviews he has done since? Just the whole thing. What has surprised you about this? Yeah, I was surprised because we'd never seen it before. He never reacted that way. He's lost games, you know. He, I think I saw today he's 72 and 22 as a starter in the regular season. So he's lost games, but he's lost close games and heartbreakers, but he really was curious and, and, uh, and, and let it, you know, let it show with his, you know, when he was on the sideline, he had to be held back. And the, the, the disappointing to me uh, aspect, and he actually apologized for it on local radio today was, you know his react his his action with uh, with Josh Allen at midfield when they went out and shook hands and you know, he regretted you know talking about the officials in that moment but then he then he came to the press conference uh, and and griped about the officiating still and so yeah that was that was unusual and we're, we'll talk to him tomorrow he does his weekly press conference with local reporters tomorrow and I, I think he'll probably uh, apologize again then. It's we we just don't see that from him. That's the thing that maybe is a little bit uh, surprising in all of this. And you mentioned that interview on uh, six ten Sports in Kansas City. There are a sister station, and we run that interview on a weekly basis as well. And he's he's saying all the right things. Uh, can can he add much more to what's already been said, or is it more at this point about just trying to put this situation into the past? Yeah, I think that's what we're going to hear. Is I think he'll, you know, when, once he says what he what he wants to say about it, uh, then it's, uh, then he'll put a lid on it and, and, uh, and, and move on because you, you just can't, you can't continue to let it linger. Um, even though it continues to be the talk of the town, mm-hmm. I mean, it was, you know, it's been tomorrow by tomorrow, it'll be three days. And, and since, since it all happened and that's all really anybody in, in Kansas city wants to talk about it's, um, you know, breaking it down. Everybody acknowledges that Kadarius Tony was offside, but it was the the process that broke down. You know, he didn't he didn't get the warning from the official, and that's what Andy Reid was really upset about. And so, yeah, um, it's it's it really is quite the you know, quite the story in the news cycle in uh, how it just hasn't stopped here. But uh, that that kind of shows you how how big the the influence of of the Chiefs are in in this market and. And as as a national team, as you know, as, as the you know, defending Super Bowl champs and in the AFC title game for five years, they are um, they're a bit of a lightning rod of a team. And so when something like this happens, uh, it, it's going to get a lot of attention. I also think that part of the reaction by by the players, uh, especially Mahomes and Andy Reid, had to do with the the, the frustration that they have felt over this season. Uh, a lot of issues, a lot of mistakes. Uh, a lot of penalties, a lot of turnovers. It's it's not it's been such an uneven season, especially for the offense. And 
And I think a lot of the frustration, it was it kind of reached a boiling point on, on Sunday. Where do you stand, though, on that call? Because it's a call that is very rarely made. Clearly, Tony was offsides. There's some video that makes it look like maybe he did ask. You know, there, you, you, There's so many different videos out there, and you get social media. Everybody's trying to break it down in every possible way. Is it as simple as... He was offside, that's the rule, or is it more nuanced to this doesn't get called very often and the process that you normally go through was not followed? Yeah, so a couple of things. Um, in, in the 48 hours since it happened, the video, Dan Orlovsky for ESPN put together a, you know some video where showed his previous uh, snaps in the game where he lined up. He lined up offside three or four other times, uh, Canaries Tony did, and none of that was called. And so why call it when, when they did and, and not earlier? And the other, which I thought was kind of funny, actually, was the graphic from, from SportsCenter either late Sunday night or early Monday morning that, you know, in, in his, in his uh, career as a head coach, Andy Reid has overseen more than 25,000 offensive snaps. And this was the first time an offensive offside it was called against his team. So, again, that's the thing that, that infuriated Reed was that it, the process didn't happen like it usually does. Officials, you know, they talk, tell the coaches, the coaches tell the players, um, and, and they, they get it fixed. And that didn't happen in this case. And that's why Andy Reed went ballistic after the game and then followed it up with tried to explain it on Monday and really to no one's satisfaction. The team says they're going to continue to stand by and support Kadarius Tony. Is is there truth to that? I mean, is, is this a guy who can be trusted? Yeah, well, he he's not having the greatest seasons. Um, he is he's a guy that helped them win the Super Bowl last year. Set a set a record for the longest punt return in Super Bowl history. I think he went sixty yards to set up a short touchdown, and then he scored a touchdown himself in the game. So here's a guy who they you know they they obtained last season. And if he if he doesn't do anything else for the Chiefs, you know, did a lot to help him win a Super Bowl, but uh, but but yeah, he he had a horrible game in the opener where he dropped passes, and one led directly to a, a pick six and a loss to the Detroit Lions. And he's um, he's an injury prone player. He he can be talent. He, he he has good speed and and, uh, and and is a talented player, but very erratic player and a bit undisciplined. So I think the Chiefs are going to have to make some kind of call on him. I think they'll reduce his snaps and and go with him and, and just use him in spots where they need something dynamic. So, uh, yeah, I, I, it, the, the whole wide receiver room has been a problem this season for the Chiefs, and it's really difficult to explain why that is. The, 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 the only difference in personnel is uh, Juju Smith-Schuster – is playing for the Patriots, but Rasheed Rice came in and is having a good season for the Chiefs. So it's like a, you know, one in, one out, and everybody else is the same. But for whatever reason, the production has just kind of fallen off a cliff for the for the wide receivers. What's your belief on why that is? Well, I, I do think part of it is there there was a you know, change in coaching. the The offensive coordinator from last year, Eric Bieniemy, moved on to the to the Commanders. There's a new wide receiver coach, and I, I, the, for whatever reason, there's been a disconnect. Uh, it's, the, the messages, the, the, the mistakes aren't getting corrected, which means messages are not getting through, and 
and, and so uh, that, that's the only thing I can point. Mm. That's really the only thing that's different. Like I said, except for the the one in one out uh, player situation, the only thing that's different is who's overseeing the the position and who's overseeing the offense. And and, and you don't want to you know blame Matt Nagy, the, the offensive coordinator, because all he's done is you know become a head. He was he was a head coach. He took the Chicago Bears to a couple of playoff seasons. He got a 12 victory season out of Mitch Trubisky in Chicago. He, he's a heck of a coach. So it, it's, it's really hard to identify what exactly is happening, but it is a team that's had drops that's had penalties, uh, a wide receiver room. So it's uh, yeah, it's tough to explain. Is there a scenario? I mean, Eric Bieniemy wanted an opportunity to be a head coach, and he basically accomplished absolutely everything he could in Kansas City. So it was a chance for him to go somewhere else and have more of a role in play calling and things like that. He's likely out of a job at the end of this season. Is there a scenario where the organization looks to get him back in? Uh, that's a good question. I, I, he, I think he still wants to be a come, become a head coach somewhere, and, and that should never be off the table. Uh, for him, I mean, he's getting, yeah, they're, they're obviously struggling in Washington, but the offense has looked good at times, and, and Sam Howell's having a really nice season. So um, I, I don't know if his stock is where, where, where it is in terms of uh, uh, other NFL teams, but I would continue to consider him as a as a head coaching candidate. I'm sure he feels that way about, uh, you know, about himself. So he's obviously it, it's happened before in Kansas City. Matt Nagy was the offensive coordinator here, went on to become the Bears head coach for four seasons, and Andy Reid brought him back uh, when when that tenure was over. So there's a history of you know former Chiefs coaches returning to the to the staff. Um, we'll we'll see. I, I don't know. I, there'll always be a job in, in the NFL for Eric Bieniemy. He you're right. He's got a, he's got a tremendous resume uh, for whatever and and, and they're you know, uh, inexplicably uh, not, not become a head coach yet with, you know, with, with multiple interviews. I think it's, four, it's up to it's either 14 or 15 mm-hmm. interviews to become a head coach has not gotten that job yet. It's uh it's wild to, for, for sure. Yeah. And you wonder what, what's going on. Well, uh, Blair Kirkhoff, we really appreciate you taking uh, some time with us as uh, always people can read you uh, inside of uh, the Kansas City Star. Have a uh, wonderful uh, Christmas and holiday period, and hopefully we'll uh, catch up with you again down the line. Sounds good. Thanks a lot. All right, very good. That's uh, that's Blair Kirkhoff joining us here on the program. You know, he mentioned how they're th- that's all they're talking about in Kansas City is that one play. And in Kansas City, the, the talk, you know, Chiefs, you talk about the Chiefs in Kansas City the way we talk about the Cardinals in St. Louis. It, it's all Cardinals all the time here. Although I found this to be interesting because sometimes we'll get like the Tommy Tough Guy folks who claim to hate the NFL because uh, of the Cronky stuff. And if, if you feel that way, like I'm not mad at you. That's fine. That that that's a justified reason to feel that way. But there's these people who think that St. Louis doesn't care about NFL football, and that's just not the case. And uh, you can look at the TV ratings to uh, to prove that. I was at the gym yesterday, and I I saw a bunch of people in chief stuff as I'm at the gym, and I started counting. And uh, I was at the gym for not even an hour, and I saw six, seven, eight people wearing chief shirts and I didn't see a single Cardinal shirt when I was there. And that's not to say the Chiefs are more more uh, popular than the Cardinals. Obviously, they're not. 
Uh, but I just feel like the way the Chiefs have been able to take over this market and the interest in that team, obviously it helps uh, that they are a very, very compelling team at the time uh, with uh, with Patrick Mahomes and uh, winning Super Bowls and all that. But I, I, sometimes just when you take a step back and really look around and look at all the people that is wearing Chiefs gear, you start to realize just the type of um, the type of response to that team uh, this market has had, especially here recently. All right, uh, the good news from the Blues, they're up one nothing. about 12 minutes to go in the first period. We'll talk a bit about the Blues coming up in just a moment or so and this uh, Jacob Verana situation, which has just been really, really, really weird. We'll do that coming up in just a moment. It's a Gray Bar Sports Open Line. My name is Matt Pauley. This is KMOX. This is Maria Kina from the News Department, wanting to wish you and your family the healthiest and happiest holiday season. Happy Holidays from KMOX. A great bar sports open line continues right here on KMOX. The Blues are in action right now. They lead the Red Wings 1-0. They're about halfway through the first period. Uh, tonight is the Hockey Fights Cancer Night for uh, the Blues. And uh, if you were not aware, former uh, Blue Kelly Chase uh, was recently diagnosed with uh, leukemia. He's currently uh, undergoing chemotherapy at the Siteman Cancer Center. Prior to the game tonight, Uh, The Blues ran this video. Obviously, you won't see the video, but you'll hear the uh, audio portion from Kelly Chase. Hey, Blues fans, it's Chaser here. Tonight, as we continue our charitable efforts in the fight against cancer with our Blues Hockey Fights Cancer Night, take a moment to recognize and celebrate the 25th anniversary of the 14 Fund and Blues for Kids. With so many members of our family been affected by this disease over the years, and most recently, our buddy, Lieutenant Colonel Caruso, the Plaguers, the Kelly families, Ari, Colin, and of course, Doug Wickenheiser. For 25 years together, we've been resilient and have fought for each other, and we won't stop. Now, I've had plenty of fights in this arena, and I always ended up on the right side of them because of your support, and it's never gone unnoticed, trust me. Now. After recently being diagnosed with leukemia, I need you more than ever. So with the support of you, my Blues family, I'm up for the biggest fight of my life. Now let's win a hockey game. And hey, buddy, I ain't going anywhere. It's Kelly Chase. Uh, Again, that video ran just prior to puck drop tonight at Enterprise Center, the game getting going about uh, 25 minutes ago there in the first period right now. Blues lead one uh, nothing. It is the uh, Hockey Fights Cancer evening uh, at, uh, at at the game. and um, Just wanted to play that for you. The Blues sent that out to us. That's uh, that, that audio is courtesy of the St. Louis Blues. Uh, the Blues right now are working to fund a $200,000 research grant for Siteman via the Jimmy V Foundation. And if you are interested in uh, donating to that cause, you can visit stlouisblues.com slash HFC, HFC standing for Hockey Fights Cancer. So stlouisblues.com slash uh, HFC. Uh, just in our final minute, I you know, going into this, I didn't really know how much time I wanted to spend talking about 
uh, the Jacob Verana situation. Look, it, it just it became clear that he didn't have a place on the team anymore and did not have a place in the organization anymore. Was it clunky over the last day or so? Yeah, absolutely it was. Uh, if you believe all the reporting that's out there, and there's no reason not to, uh, that the the representation for Verona had been given the indication that he was going to be placed on waivers, and then it ended up not happening. Maybe the Blues thought that they were going to be able to get something for him. That seemingly has not happened. And now the Blues just need to move forward. It's really important for this team right now. Figure out who you want and figure out who you don't want on the team. Yeah, that's They're kind of in a transitional type year. Figure out who you want and who you don't want on the team and go from there and do whatever you need to do to make that happen. This is a Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 